The Falcons beat the Jets 20-2 on Wednesday. Oh, wait, that was the Mets. Woof, what an ugly night. We break down the beatdown in Atlanta and yet another injury to the Mets' starting rotation. With part one of the Subway Series ahead this weekend in the Bronx, we have an amazing but true meat pinstripe pod crossover show with their host, Jeff Nelson and Chris Sheeran. So get your Let's Go Mets chance ready for Yankee Stadium next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh, welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside my co-host, former Mets pitcher Nelson Figueroa. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Get us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at FiggyNY. No voicemails this week. No mailbox. We'll have a special pinstripe pod amazing but true crossover show in a few minutes where chris sheeran and jeff nelson yes the four-time yankee world series champion they join us they are the host of our yankees new york post podcast but figgy that'll dive all into part one of the subway series we'll get into that before we get into that we'll have a couple of minutes between me and you here so let's talk some smack about them what about them no i'm just kidding uh, we'll get into what happened on wednesday figgy and my goodness 20 to 2 I mean, an absolute debacle of a performance from the Mets. The kid didn't have it. Scapuzzi, Sabuki, Habuji, Hakuna Matata. David Peterson didn't have it, and he leaves with an injury, adding insult to injury. All around, just as bad of a night as it can get for the Mets down in Atlanta, and their lead in the NL East has come all the way from five, six games down to just two over the surging Nationals. Yeah, Nationals are playing fantastic baseball right now. Schwarber is single-handedly just a one-man wrecking crew. It seems like, hey, pitch around him, but when you got guys like Trey Turner getting on, you got Soto getting on, Schwarber hits line drives all over the place. If they don't leave the yard, two more RBIs come in. They're scoring runs in bunches, and they've been impressive to watch. On the other hand, the Mets last night was just... Uh, must-see TV was happening over on the other side in the Bronx, right? If you stayed up late, yes, if you stayed up till 1 a.m. You're watching the big show, Otani, the Yankees going at it. Otani did not have his best stuff as a pitcher. He winds up having to come out early on, seven runs in that first. They're up big, and you're like, okay, they're going to put it in cruise control. I did start telling every Yankee fan what's going to be worse is the way they lose this game. And I had no idea. I was home sleeping. I didn't even watch the end of the ball game. I woke up this morning and I saw it and I thought, you know what? 20 to 2, you can take the embarrassing punishment. But to lose like that, I would much rather, much rather, not all losses are the same. A loss is a loss is a loss. No, no, no. You'd much rather have a, a big time off game of the 20 to 2 demolishing than what happened to them and getting their hearts ripped out in front of their home crowd. So uh, hopefully the Mets have Jacob deGrom on the hill tonight. I'm looking forward to him being Jacob deGrom and going back to just pitching uh, the way he can and, and show that he's the best pitcher on the planet. Mets pull out a win today, and then they got work to do because this Yankees team, who knows what's going to take to jumpstart them, but the rivalry 
for the Mets side is always a bigger deal. The Yankees always look down on the Mets as the, the little brother in New York. To them, it's not so big. They've been very Jekyll and Hyde this year, the Yankees, as yes, the Mets have been the, the last thing. couple of weeks, to be honest. They need to figure something out. They have to find a way. If they lose two out of three to the Mets, it's not going to be pretty in New York. Will someone be fired? It'll be interesting. We don't ever have that kind of controversy, not since the Billy Martin days. You have controversy of managerial firings and then things in midseason for the Yankees. You never see that. So, I don't know. I'm excited for the weekend. You know, it's real when Figgy takes a long pause to take a, a drink. He was like he was like Kermit the Frog with his the the meme of him drinking tea there. It's sipping the tea right there just to uh, just in, I'm envisioning all the bad things. That that's happen. why he's won an Emmy Award, folks. He's sipping tea mid mid broadcast, adding for dramatic effect and sapucky sapucky. There's not much you could do there. He got put in such a weird spot. Like it wasn't a start. It wasn't a normal relief outing. They're like here, the game is already over. Let's handy the ball. So I'd like to see him in a normal outing, but that pretty much rules him out to start this weekend. That's not happening or pitch at all. Really really this weekend because he went like 80 pitches so we know who it's going to be and we'll talk about that in our preview it'll be walker stroman and mcgill in the bronx this weekend but yeah right the ship you have Degrom, go ride the ship you put in the pass as like you i would much rather lose that game where you you pretty much shut it off in the second inning third inning a game that the mets were leading two nothing which felt like lifetimes ago try and win thursday because if you don't win thursday and you know this lead gets down to maybe one game then there's Panic City. I mean, this Mets fans already given up. I'm like, they're still in first place. I'm like, how are you giving up on the team? The Peterson injury hurts, though, because now, Figgy, you have to get a starting pitcher. There's no more calling anyone up. You designated call for assignment. I think you were happy about that. You saw the writing on the wall, even though he pitched that shutout that first game with the doubleheader. He didn't have it. He was getting tattooed in a second star. I know he gave them innings, but he had nothing. He was giving up homers. They have to find a replacement for Peterson because he'll probably go to the IL, and your depth is just lacking here. There's just too many injuries to fight through, so the Mets are going to have to get a starting pitcher. I know the trade market's not going to heat up maybe for another couple of weeks, but Steve Cohen and Zach Scott, they got to be on the phone with anyone and everyone trying to get at least a number four or five starting pitcher, I guess, from one of these teams that are out of the race here. Usually it's going to be somebody's basement player, you know, the guy who they're considering just taking off the roster. And that's who you're looking to pick up just to kind of eat up innings. It's very real. The National League East is waking up. The Mets have stayed afloat, but it's not been pretty, especially where this offense is still only giving you two runs a game. There's still a lot that has to be done. There's still a lot of season left. It's not anything to be in panic mode about. This is what you want. You want a team to have the ups and downs so that they, you know, kind of know everything they, they've been through throughout the course of a season when they get to the crunch time, when they get to September. You know, you want them to say, hey, we've been tested before and we've come out on the other side of it. So I'm okay with it. You're talking bodies. You're talking about able bodies that you think are supposed to be back, like a Brandon Nimmo who... What's going on? Like, this is, keeps getting delayed. Like, he's got to come back this week. If he's good enough to play in rehab games, why is he not with the big leagues? Like, is he scared of big league pitching? I don't understand what's happening. No, I don't understand that either because if he's he can play a game, he can play a game. So he should be in a big, big league uniform. This isn't a job for one man. This is a, a whole team effort. Fired a uh, hitting coach already. This hitting coach is not to blame. It's just they're not doing it. They're not performing. They're not performing at the level that they should be. Maybe the Yankee field right field wall figgy is what they needed. Maybe that's what the doctor ordered this week. They got a homer from Dom. They get Nimmo back. Nimmo hits one over that, you know, little league wall in right field and, and the Mets get the bats. Uh, they right the ship in the Bronx. Mets are reeling when it comes 
comes to all the injuries as well with once they get past the starter, you know, how they're going to mix and match throughout the rest of the bullpen. The one good thing about that 20 to two game is you get all more pitching instead of having to pitch, you know, real relievers. I, I just think this team has been in first place and we've, that's been the saving grace, but it has not been pretty. This is going to be where you got DeGrom going tonight, looking for a good game. And then you, you got to take that momentum and do something big this week. And thank God for the comeback. Thank God for that comeback figgy Tuesday. Cause oh, we, yeah. we would have been, it would have been a panic city. I probably would have had to go on a, the first rant of 2021. You know, I've, you know, last year, the games were, every game was so much bigger because 60 games. And I said, Ed trade Edwin Diaz for a pack of Dunkaroos. I've been a more calm, Jake, a more Zen Jake. I'm like Phil Jackson in Montana. Now it's starting to be like, all right, the Zen master may have to start to be the yell master, the grill master, the George Foreman in, in the next week or two, because the Mets have a shot, unfortunately, to go in the all-star break, not in first place, which would be a disaster from what's happened the last six weeks. Everything was all good and grand, but June was not the friendliest to the Mets. Like it, June seems to be the curse of the Mets. The June is just like the Mets worst month. July, you know, it's a, it's a fresh month. You always talk about May shower, May flowers bring spring showers. What's the saying? I don't know what it is. April showers bring May a flowers. Fresh, June oh. scaries bring July fairies. I don't know. I just, I just made that up off the top. The July fairies, baby. Let's go Mets. Take it in July. Beat the Yankees. Don't make me get my nails painted. And let's hope that the Yankees turn them around because they badly need it. We have a long show ahead. It's a brief segment here today because we have a joint podcast. Amazing but true meets pinstripe pod. It's me, Nelson Figueroa, and Chris Sheeran and four-time Yankee World Series champion Jeff Nelson. Coming up next here on Amazing But True. We have a special Amazing But True meets Pinstripe Pod crossover segment for all of you right now. In the theme of part one of the Subway series coming this weekend, we bring both shows together for the first time in the history of New York Post Baseball Podcast. So let's welcome everybody in. If you don't know me, I am producer Jake Brown, host of Amazing But True with my co-host Nelson Figueroa, former Mets pitcher 2008-2009. He was an Emmy Award-winning TV analyst. He spent nine years in the big leagues. The older women love him. They love his looks. I get comments all the time. And he is my co-host, and he's the minor league's all-time strikeout leader. There you go. Nelson Figueroa leading the minor leagues in strikeouts. We do amazing but true Mondays and Thursdays. Let's go to the pinstripe pod crew. Jeff Nelson, four-time World Series champion, 96, 98, 99, 2000. He's a 2001 AL All-Star. He's one of the greatest relievers and arguably the greatest middle reliever of all time. He was part of two of the winningest teams in the history of baseball. 116 wins with the 2001 Mariners, 114 with the 98 Yankees, and spent 15 years in the big leagues. He is half of the pinstripe pod, which also drops on Mondays and Thursdays throughout the season. His co-host, another fellow Baldy, goes by the name of Chris Sheeran. You can catch him on the Yes Network, where he's been for two decades now. Yes Network pre and post game, batting practice today. The Yankees, the Nets, he's the New York Liberty play-by-play voice. He is the Rowan College Radio Hall of Fame class of 2013. He has won six Emmy Awards. Welcome in the Baldy, Chris Sheeran. 
So glad to have you. And and me, I, I don't have those labels. I'm the self-proclaimed king of Astoria, the self-proclaimed podfather. Produce seven podcasts, wear the same shirt to every single game I go to. Wait, I, don't I've forget been, about the girls with the white Nikes. Yeah, I bring girls with white Nikes to baseball games and sometimes sit too far away for Nelly's liking amongst the common folks. if there's a TV folks. camera, then it's me because you're on every <laughs> single TV and you make sure that you post it every time on social jumbo, media. Jumbo always finds the jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> the Jumbotron finds me. The Jumbo Shrimp goes in my belly. We'll have Jumbo Shrimp. We'll all be there Friday night in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. Cheerney's already teased lobster and shrimp. Texted you guys the list of food I had at the Yankee game the other day. It was uh, a reason for my parents leaving a voicemail saying uh, BMI is real and stop eating so much. So- Push away. Push away. <laughs> It is real. We will be eating like champions this weekend. The Mets and Yankees have not been playing like champions, but let's start with the Subway Series and the history because this is my favorite series of the year, guys. I've been going to at least one of these games every year since 2000, and we'll get into Nelly's days, but really started back in like 97, and then 99, it had its big moment. And here, courtesy of MLB here is Matt Franco had that walk-off single, and this will be the, the sole Mets highlight of this segment. Brings the hands together. Runners take a lead at all three bases. One, two to Franco. Line drive, base hit in the right field. Henderson scores. Here comes Alfonso. Here comes O'Neal's throw to the plate. Alfonso slides. He's safe. The Mets win it. The Mets win it. Matt Franco with a line drive, single to right, and he's being mobbed by his teammates. That is a classic call and one of the few Mets highlights that there is. That was during Nelly's run. Nelly was in that game. Nelly, do you remember that game? Matt Franco's pinch hit walk-off single. No, I don't remember losses. You know, I kind of forget those, those, those behind I like me. It. I like it. No, I don't remember, but it's, you know, it did happen in interleague first started in 97 and I, I'm not a fan of it. I thought it was exciting then because we got to see the National League and I ever played in the National League. We saw all the NL East. We were supposed to start switching leagues, but I think we saw the NL East for the first five years. So all the great stadiums back then when the NL East, Philadelphia Veterans Stadium, old, uh, what, Shea Stadium, which was really exciting to play in. But I loved, I loved the interleague play. I mean, as far as the Subway Series, I loved that we played the Mets and the road trip was a 30-minute bus ride through the city. Yeah, the Subway Series for Mets players, that was pretty much our World Series. If you could win New York, that would be everything because regular season, you weren't going to be able to compete with the pinstripes. You knew that, but it was like, all right, we can kick their ass just this once and it never happened but me and you sheer and observed as a fan and to me it was like the world it was chance at bragging rights i have so many yankee fans throughout my life including you guys who have picked on me my whole life but you know in high school it probably affected me more because i was just a child now you could call me a fat ugly ogre and, and i'm just gonna laugh and be like you're right but as a kid you get picked on yankees fans oh world series 27 for sheer you were on that side of picking on us mets fans in your 20s when you were getting the rowan college hall of fame and, and as a fan back then well 97 i was 24 years old i was already working for crying out loud but yeah it was cool back then and i agree with nelly in 97 it was awesome in 98 99 but you know all the spankings that occurred throughout the years in the subway series i'll be honest with you it got to the point where the yankees in 98 
Nelly, that team, my grandmother was a huge, huge Yankee fan. And she watched every one of your, every one of your games. Like she was up on the West coast until two in the morning. She was 90 years old and watching you guys. And even back then I, I would kid her because when, when they lost, she would speak broken English. She was Italian. So I would say to her, when I, when, when you guys lost in 98, it was few and far between, let's be honest. But the days that you did lose, I would say something to her just to get her goat. And she would bring up a player and say, he should go back to Columbus. You know, the grandma, come on, they're, they're destroying <laughs> teams right now. But it was so funny how she knew like the Yankee farm system too, because that's all she did. Her life was your teams, Nelly. And, you know, I got to say by the 2000 World Series and by the time Luis Soho got that winning hit in game five, I got to tell you, I got to be honest. I, I was watching the game with my dad in our TV room and I pretty much fell asleep in the rocking chair because it was getting boring beating your rear ends every wow. five seconds. <laughs> wow. Falling and listening and listening to the Mets fans talk and the Mets players even talking a lot of smack back then. You had Agbayani. Oh, we're going to win in five. The Yankees are old. You had Turk Wendell. So there was a couple other guys that were talking some smack in the paper as far as, okay, this is our year. The Yankees backed into the playoffs, which we did. But, you know, oh, they're old. You know, we're winning in five. We're going to win New York over. You know, that was something I think with Tory they would we never did we got basically got in trouble if we ever said anything as far as talking smack or talking doing something in the paper we said you know what just leave it for the field let everybody else talk smack and it was uh it was nice listen i i, I want to re- like throw up thinking about the subway series and all the ways that it's played out but as a mets fan as a former met that's all we could do is talk smack. We're trying to get in your head. Why? The Yankees, the, 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 evil, the evil empire has that stoic exterior. Nobody gets in. Nobody gets into the personalities. We don't know anything about you guys. You guys are a well-oiled machine. This is what you do. This is normal for you guys. Four out of five last World Series. Yeah, sure. This is easy for us. That's the kind of thing that, what are we supposed to do? We suck. We're going to get destroyed. Yeah, hell yeah. We're, we're going to knock you out in the first round. <laughs> Although we know we it's not going to happen. What are they supposed to do? I mean, Turk Lundell, Agbayani. You notice the big players weren't even talking smack. It was the guys on the side that just in case. Just in case something good happened, then, you know, they lived forever as a hero because they said something. Yeah, and the height of this rivalry obviously came in 2000 when Nelly picked up that fourth ring. And Nelly won game four, and then game five came, and I thought Mike Piazza was hitting a homer on this final out. and 26th time in franchise history. They are the world champions. And how about this? Jeff Nelson following that clip, working with MLB.com at the time, and that was courtesy of Fox Sports, that Game 5 2000 World Series final out, Mariano Rivera. Jeff Nelson talking about, I think it was the 2018 Yankees before the Subway Series, and the clip is kind of still relevant today. Listen up. Talking about two great teams, two great franchises in one city. And with the Mets this year having such a huge lead in the NL East and the Yankees, you know, that are behind Toronto trying to get that AL East title, not playing that one game playoff. And for the first time, they're playing meaningful games. When you're playing these teams and these two teams are playing with something on the line, it's so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And, you know, the Mets lead obviously isn't big anymore. It was five. Now it's down to two. This comes at a pivotal time, guys, for both teams. The Mets are at this crossroads of another pitching injury 
They're coming in banged up. They might get Brandon Nimmo back, but you're not going to see DeGrom. Their lead is down to two. The Yankees are, you know, eight plus games out here and trying to fight for Boone's job and fight for their own jobs and trying to get into a pennant race. This is a big series for both sides. Hey, if they could sweep a a struggling Mets team right now and get back into it before this uh, final week heading into the All-Star break, that's pretty big for them. It would be big for them. You know, the way they're going now, I just don't see them sweeping the Mets. I mean, I don't care if the Mets are banged up or not. You know, just to try to win two out of three, I think would be a huge plus. It's exciting because now, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, Mets fans have got to be ecstatic because it's always been all kinds of controversy with the Mets, whether it's a GM or their pitching coach or their manager, whatever happens on the field, all the injuries. And now you go across into the Bronx and the Yankees, well, besides some of the controversy, they're losing and everybody wants everyone fired. So, you know, the Mets fans have got to be on top of the world now that it's all of a sudden the Yankees are getting the back page with all the crap that's going on. That's one of the biggest things, right? That I remember when Brody Van Wagenen came and he said he wanted the Mets to be relevant. The Mets to be relevant. They wanted to steal the back page from the Yankees. And they tried to do it on the field mostly. But, of course, it always turned to page six is where you would find all the Mets. Shout out to New York Post. And that's one of the things that if you look at this series that's coming up, you have the Yankees reeling right now. And the Mets, yeah, you know what? They lost in a laugher last night. But the injuries are real. The injuries have been like this all year long. Every week, you're just holding your breath thinking which starter is going to go down now, which reliever is going to blow out now. It's just nonstop repetitive. You're going to, every time somebody rounds a base, you're like, okay, he's hurt. You're used to it by now. And the Mets have played so well with the guys who weren't even on the roster just a month ago. They're playing so well and they're playing and they're staying afloat. But look at what the Nationals are doing. They're coming back. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. Schwarber has single-handedly carried that team. And this is the same team that did it in 2019 where everybody left them for dead after 50 games. And then they turned it on and kicked it into another gear. Yet the Mets are just hanging on barely up at the top. Yes, it's a huge series for the Mets. Huge series for the Mets. But the Yankees being eight games out, there's a little bit of pressure now. Chapman has looked worse and worse and worse every time out there. He's been saved by three, three triple plays. How the hell? does Nelly, how many triple plays returned in your career? Uh, maybe one. I, I only Over remember 15 one. 15 years. Over 15, yeah, 15 years, years. Maybe one. There was three in a month. <laughs> Well, he had a horseshoe. He must have lost the horseshoe because it's uh, the horseshoe has kind of disappeared lately. Yeah, I'll say it's it kind of disappeared for the whole team. They were twelve and fourteen in April. They bounced back. They had that run in May. They finished May seventeen and eleven, and they finished June twelve and fourteen. And they finished June. Let's be honest, guys. With a thud. That loss last night, if you want to take the Yankees season and put it into a time capsule, one game to represent the entire season so far, it's that game last night. The rain delays. The fans staying through those rain delays. Brett Gardner hitting a solo shot for a little insurance to make it 8-4 going into the ninth inning. Chapman coming in. All right. Boone's not messing around. You can't get on Aaron Boone. You can't for bringing Chapman in there. He knows how big that win was. He knows he had Aaron Judge on the damn bench. You can't say two freaking days ago, okay, that the season is on the line. And then you put the lineup out there and Urshela and Judge are on the goddamn bench. You can't do that. I know Judge has played 75 of 80 games. I get it. But he's your best freaking player. He's your best player. He can't be on the bench. He's got to be in the lineup. Enough already with these days off. 
Give him the day off today on the on the day game. You're taking him out when Shohei Otani is pitching. What that would have done for baseball, Judge Otani, and he's on the freaking bench. And then when Frazier gets hurt, Tyler Wade is in right field. I'm gonna have a heart attack. I gotta stop. Figgy's used, used to another bald guy in glasses with his bald head getting red. Now it's a uh, listen. That was. That was absolutely phenomenal. In the beginning of the game, what a genius this Aaron Boone is. He could see yes. the future. <laughs> oh, my God. I sat there and I go, wait a minute. Wasn't everybody bitching about the lineup construction and it, this, this team needs to score runs? Well, there you go. Just off Otani. They did it without Judge. They did it without Urshel. This Yankee team is about to turn it back on. And then enter not the sandman the chat man <laughs> the, quick sand. the, yes. the, the, chap, mouth, the quick sand the quick sand we'll throw it back now to a moment we'll cheer yankees fans up and it's something i yell whenever there's a pop-up that i want to be dropped this is what i yell and and figgy was on the mets this year in 2009 and the 3-1 popped up castillo Dropped the ball! He dropped the ball! Here comes Teixeira! And the Yankees win! Oh my goodness! He dropped the ball! Yeah, that's all I can take of that. That's Michael K of the Yes Network. And Figgy, you were on the team that year. And you've talked to Luis Castillo about when he got booed on opening day. I guess it was in the following year, 2010. And what did what did you say? Listen, he, he got booed a lot after he signed that four-year deal, right? But uh, after that drop right there, so I used to always try and cheer him up. They'd be booing. He'd come back and sit down, and i sit next to him in the dugout, and i go, it's not boo you're hearing. It's loo for Luis Castillo. <laughs> loo. And he'd look at me. He'd go, what's wrong with you? Leave me alone. I can't even imagine the isolated feeling you have right there when that ball hits off your glove and drops and you lose the game because you didn't catch a pop-up. Something you did since you were five years old. The same way, ninth inning to win the game. I got it. And he didn't catch it. There couldn't have been more of an absolute right then and there. I, I think you put him right on suicide watch. Yeah, well, for one, who are you playing? You know, you're playing against the Yankees. If this was any other city or any other team that the Mets were playing against, it was forgotten. Okay, okay, you dropped a fly ball and you lost the game. No big deal. The Subway Series record just for Nelly's edification is 54 and 74 for the Mets. Oh, that's not very good. <laughs> and, and and of course, and of course, closer. One and four in the World Series. Yeah, that one, that one, that one I knew off the top of my head. Um, well, you know, I mean, you look at this series going in, and obviously it's big for the Yankees because they played so poorly, and, and you at least want to beat the Mets two out of three. But guys, you've done, I mean, I do Marlins stuff, so I see the NL East all the time. And going into the season, I thought the NL East was going to be the best division in baseball. I said, you got Marlins lucked in. 60-game season, anything can happen. And, you know, their true colors are now. They're 11 games under 500, and they're in last place. But of the other four teams, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets were all really good teams, and you knew they were going to compete. The Mets, with all the injuries, the other three teams stunk. They sucked. And now they're starting to play good baseball. And now you're seeing maybe some of those injuries coming back to the Mets. And now the lead is now two games. You see the Nationals starting to turn things around because they were playing horrible. And the Braves and the Phillies, the Phillies just, they're good. They're they're good except when you get into their bullpen. They're the worst team in baseball when you get into their bullpen. But as far as that, I think the Mets are going to start feeling some heat now if they haven't already because the other three teams right behind them 
are very good teams, and those injuries could back come back and haunt them. So this is a really big series for them as well. You know, they come out of here and losing three or losing two out of three, they could either find themselves a game up or even tied or even out of the first place. Why do you think there's so many injuries in the game today as opposed to when you guys played? We threw all the time as a pitcher. We were playing long toss. If we, you know, you're throwing three and four days in a row if you're in the bullpen. Go back to that game five in the World Series when we played the Mets. I was up ready to go in the game five times during that day. And I had the next inning if we didn't go ahead and take the lead. And I went from maybe throwing in the in the 90s to about 85. And I'm like, okay, this is going game six because I have nothing when I go out there. And then even the position players, you were playing every day. And we had guys on the Yankees that were constant weight room junkies. And they would go in the weight room after the game. Paul O'Neill, Tino, Bernie, these guys were in the weight room all the time. And even after the game, okay, I got to work out. And they were playing the next day whether it was a day game or not guys played you didn't take time off I mean there was no way any guys on my team when I played would ever accept coming out against a guy like Shohei Otani if Otani was on the mound we had guys fighting for the bat rack not saying that they would have a good day but like you know what I want to play against the best Uh, you look like Don Mattingly he wanted to play against Randy Johnson every single time no I'm not sitting a bench I don't care if this guy throws 98 and has no idea where the ball's going I want in the game and these guys the load management oh we can't throw relievers two days in a row or or the 100 pitch count you know guys threw I mean 115 120 pitches was nothing I mean it was and then they came back five four days later five days later and they were doing the same thing you know you never had the injuries my whole career I had one guy had Tommy John it was Norm Charlton he was thrown in Texas he blew his arm out that was the only guy I ever saw get that blew out on my team I mean because guys played they didn't care they wanted to be in the game every single time yes the money wasn't as great. I mean, it was great back then. I mean, considering the time, you know, in 96, you talk about guys eating right. Guess what our spreads were in between after batting <laughs> practice in 96? We sent the clubhouse guy. We won a World Series, and we ate McDonald's every single day Yes, yes. after batting practice. You had yes. Jeter, Posada, the best players in the, in the league, eating McDonald's, double cheeseburgers, Big Macs, nuggets, whatever. Clubhouse guy was coming back with a box of McDonald's, and he would just set them on your chair if you wanted it. Every single game after batting practice was what guys ate before the game. I've never related more to a baseball player than that moment right there. <laughs> Eating McDonald's and then Albert Almora throwing 55 miles an hour last night, which was actually my fastball uh, in high school, I think. So uh, those are Same. two two relatable moments. Well, you, Sheeran, are on the shelf. I mean, you have I you, you have a partially torn rotator cuff now? I do. I just found out. I had an MRI yesterday, and I'll, I'll be going to my orthopedic doctor tomorrow to get the prognosis. Nelly's he response said, to the text was hilarious. He said, you old curse word. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have no business to be still pitching at 47 years of age. He's on the IL. I I might be on the retirement list there, Figgy. (laughs) What was the worst injury you had, Figgy? Nelly had the bone chips. What did you have? I I had a rotator cuff tear. I had a partial thickness tear of my rotator cuff. I was with the Pirates at the time, threw a ball straight to the backstop, cleared everybody. And uh, Jason Kendall comes walking out and he's like, you all right? Pitching coach comes out and I look at him and I go, I'm good. Marm just got really hot for a second. Like something... uh, (laughs) made a sound i'm like i'm all 
right. So I throw a couple of warm-ups. We're good. I finish out the inning. I go into the dugout. I'm high-fiving. Lloyd McClendon says, hey, can you give me another one? I said, uh, yeah, I got you. I got you. I'll go back out. I went back out. I threw seven sinkers, got three ground balls. I come out. I go to high-five, and my high-fives are getting lower. I went in the shower. I grabbed the shampoo bottle, and I couldn't hold it up. It fell right out of my hand. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is not good. So I walk out. And it's funny because I walked out just towel around my waist, soaking wet, soap still all over me. And I tell the trainer, I go, my arm's killing me. I go, I can't even hold the shampoo bottle. And he goes, dry off, <laughs> put on some clothes, and then come back. And so I go back in and we do the little stress test right in the beginning. I can't hold them both arms up at the same time. My left arm stays up. My right arm gets pushed down every time with pain. They go, the doctor's coming tomorrow. I said, all right. And they go, we're going to get exit physicals. And we had a 12-game road trip to end the season. So this is with 12 games left in the season. I'm the long man for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, which means I'm pitching every other day. After that moment where the doctor comes in and he says, you might have like a, um, a slap tear or something like that. You know, Jason Bay had one this last season, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. So he says, you know, we'll give you some anti-inflammatories. A couple days off, you should try and finish out the season. I didn't even warm up, Nelly. I didn't warm up the rest of the 12 games. And after the season, I wind up having surgery. But for those 12 games, I never forget it. I laughed because I think the last three, I went out in sneakers to the bullpen. I'm like, I'm daring them to have me even warm up. They didn't put me on the DL, nothing. So they let the season finish. They're like, we're going to get our doctor to check you out. The doctor checks me out, says I have a partial thickness tear in my shoulder. It's going to require surgery six to nine months, but it's only a 30% tear. I said, well, can I rehab it? You can, but if it's still there after the rehab, then you wasted six months. I said, well, all right, then just you know, fix it and let's get moving. So I asked the doctor, the team doctor, I go, how many of these have you done? And he says, three. <laughs> I go, wow. I, I go, I go, I'm going to um, get a second opinion of that. I don't doubt your work, my friend, but this is my career. So I went to Neil Elitrosh in LA. He was the Dodgers doctor who was doing almost the same exact surgery on their first round draft pick. So I went out there and did that. Pirates released me the day of the surgery. Like literally I'm walking, really? I'm walking, oh, wow. I'm walking to the building and I get the phone call from Dave Littlefield. And he says, Hey, Nelson, you know, big day, you know, the rest of your career. want to wish you all the best. I'm like, thank you. You know, I appreciate that. Wow. This is a class act right here. You know? <laughs> and then he goes, we're going to go ahead and um, take you off the roster. And I said, yeah, you're going to put me on the 60 day and you know, until I get healthy. And he goes, no, no, we're going to go ahead and give you your uh, unconditional release. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he says, yeah, you know, um, you know, wish you all the best. Thank you for everything, but uh, we're going to go ahead and give you a release. And I'm like, I literally blew out pitching for you. It's on film and you're just going to release me now. I had the surgery, wake up, and now I'm doing rehab with 70-year-old ladies who just got their rotator cuff and their hips replaced and they're doing this. I'm in the same freaking facility. I don't get all the good stuff. I didn't get to, you know, have the trainers working on me six to eight hours a day and, you know, working on the rest of my body. And get. I was in a regular rehabilitation place. Oh, sorry. Sorry you had to be like a like one of us, like a normie. I can't <laughs> wait. You saw Sierney in the corner while you were doing a Sierney. Yeah. I'm just picturing Sierney, Figgy, and then 70-year-old women. No, just no. So, so, the, so the, the kicker of the whole thing is, right, the workman's comp lady calls me and she she says, can you lift a box? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I can lift a box. She goes, can you sit at a desk for more than four hours? What? What are these questions? This is where they were giving me my workman's comp based on these questions. And I said, do you know what I used to do for a living? She goes, says a uh, professional baseball player here. I go, yeah, I blew out my rotator cuff. It's the most integral part of throwing a baseball. 
And she says, uh-huh. Okay. So can you hold a box? <laughs> can you? <laughs> and I, yeah, that's a great story. Oh my God. About to and, be and working so, at Walgreens as a <laughs> I'm like, I'm not rehabbing to be a, a welcoming guy at Walmart. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get Albert Pujols out in June. You know what I'm saying? And this, and they freaking, the lady is, I swear, Nelly, every month she called me with the same thing. And I go, can I speak to your supervisor? Like, this is the Pirates Workman's Comp people. They changed over to this wow. company. And that's all Are the lady there any baseball fans? Oh, my available? God. I told her, I said, I go, I don't know if I'm okay. I don't know if I'm okay. The only way I will know if I'm okay is if I'm back to throwing at a high enough velocity that I can get out. Till then, because how it works normally. Box? Right. Until then, it's a guessing game because normally you have the rehab assignment. You have, you know, the the, the time to freaking work with the team and you're getting checked on the radar. I didn't have a radar gun. There was no pocket radar back then. So here I am and I'm, you know, playing catch. I'm, I'm with all the injuries that are coming into this place. I started to see some familiar faces. So I'm playing catch with Trevor Hoffman. Yeah, that's my flex. I'm rehabbing with Trevor Hoffman. You so, went from 70-year-old women playing bingo to Trevor Hoffman. Because, it was, because it was now guys <laughs> were training at this, this sports facility. They were training to get back and better but here's a funny part there was another guy that was around at, around that time who got hurt playing basketball at the same Aaron facility Boone. <laughs> Aaron oh, yeah. Boone yeah and it, it, he get he gets hurt and I remember it because it was like you know the, the shot heard around the world we all got the phone call dude did you hear about Booney what happened blew out his knee how playing basketball in the back with yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was it we were done we were done. They shut down the basketball. No more basketball. No more doing anything ridiculous. But yeah, it, it was such a hard, long process to get back from that shoulder surgery. Usually guys don't come back from that. I mean, the shoulder stuff is, yeah. you, never, you usually don't come back. One. Yeah. Figgy wins line of this crossover podcast. I'm not rehabbing to go back to work at Walmart. I'm rehabbing to get Albert Pujols in June. That <laughs> was the line of this podcast. And he's rehabbing with the 80-year-old women that's on Jake's uh, dating app. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, we have competition, <laughs> Nelly, Nelly from the weeds. Yes, what do you sir. think? I put interest, bingo, age range, eighty-five to twenty-five. <laughs> he, he could talk. He could talk to them about how cholesterol runs in his family. Yeah, they're like, oh, you have a high cholesterol. I do too. Maybe we should get a low cholesterol dinner sometime at Ben's Deli in Bayside. That's oh, uh, optional. Teeth are optional. Oh, oh that's a, that's a road I don't want to go down. But, oh God! Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you these. Every time I talk to someone, if it, middle age and older, even my mom was like, "You know, Nelson is a very handsome man." I'm like, "Mom, I know. I have to hear this from everyone. I, I get it. He, I don't. I think he looks like a bum, but some people think he's attractive. You know, that's a, a no, bum. He, I'm kidding. He's, yeah, harsh. he's a good. He's a good looking dude. You he's know, harsh. maybe I'm just jealous. He has hair, and I don't have hair, or none of us. Uh, none, the other <laughs> the three of us thing, don't have hair. The one good thing about tomorrow is that Nelson. And I will be in the at the same game. So regardless of whoever they recognize, we'll we'll just both wave. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> when they say, "Hey, Nelly." Honestly, please, I want to get it on video, both of you waving in response. <laughs> no matter what, because you know it's going to be him more than me, right? So I'm, I'm going to just every time they say it, "Hey, Nelson." 
Well, Nelly told us when they went earlier, someone asked for him to take a picture of, like, what, him and oh, his girlfriend, yeah. and he had no yeah, idea it was them. I was, was by myself to the Yankee game, and they came down, and they uh, they said, hey, do you mind taking a picture? I'm like, no, not at all. They had no freaking clue. Oh. Nelly went to pose, like, no, not with you, old man. No, yeah. I, I don't know you. <laughs> I took a selfie, and I handed it to him. So there you go. <laughs> I do want to see that dynamic, see the true fans that they do recognize you. What's the over-under of the calories that I intake at, in, the, Ooh, in these wow. seats? Four thousand, five thousand. Yeah, I'm going over. Even yeah. five thousand, I'm going over. Oh, no, uh, at least ten thousand. You will 10, have. 000. Oh my you god! You will have. You will. I'm telling you, you will have. And, and I know you. I know how you prep. I'll just yeah. leave oh, that. It, it, this is tailgating. This is tailgating. Eating, not even the, the game. This is going to be a triple double of eating. I'm going to be in a diabetic coma by the time this the sixth is, inning hits. This is like this is like the Russell Westbrook of eating that's about oh, to happen. Jake, you you don't have a hair on your ass if you don't go into that spread in the Yankee suite, whatever they have. If you don't go Kobayashi style and just start shoving them in, just oh. <laughs> see how many you can I'll get be banned for, before security. I'll be banned. You. Before security Look, grabs you, you. You could walk to the buffet as many times as you want. The only time you have to pay for anything is the alcohol. So you could sit yeah. there and eat as much as you want at the buffet at the sit-down dinner place. And then you walk downstairs and there's another full restaurant. Jake Biyashi. Jake Biyashi. Jake Biyashi. Is it unlimited diet shoes? Yeah, no, no gold, gold shoes. shoes. I, Nelly hates the gold shoes. I won't wear them, but uh, you'll get your first dose of the Amazing But True shirt. We'll probably have stains all over it by the time. Uh, <laughs> the, as long as there's unlimited Diet Coke, that's the uh, important. Yeah, that, that uh, really that really seals it. That you're playing for the push. Right. It's it's a diet soda. I'm good. <laughs> it's diet. Know. It's healthy. That's that like was my like logic. that was like Refrigerator Perry back in the day with those McDonald's commercials. Yeah, yeah. that stack of food on his plate and a Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take the refrigerator brown. I'm a, I'm excited. It'll be a fun night. I. I Still, you guys from last year. Do we make another? I already had the bet with Sarah. If the Yankees win the series or sweep, I have to. I guess it has to be at a Met game, and Figgy's going to end up getting him on the scoreboard. Get my nails painted, Mets colors. I don't mind a manicure pedicure, no nail polish, but I actually have to get nail polish. I guess we can't do a bet because I still need to pay up on the steak dinner, which I guess will not be tomorrow since we'll be eating at the Legends. Well, but you uh, can't. You can't help COVID, but we'll get there eventually. Oh, yeah. This summer, we will do a, Met, a Mets game maybe afternoon and then a post-game steak dinner at some point. When Nelly's not traveling around the globe, where's Waldo uh, <laughs> over there always traveling? All right, what's our prediction? I'm going to say Mets take the series two out of three. I like that we got uh, Walker and Stroman going, maybe lose with McGill, maybe win that one. I think the Yankees are reeling. The Mets are probably getting Nimmo back this weekend. I think that is huge for the top of their lineup and getting guys on base to set up the order. I'll say Mets two Two out of three. Nelly, what do you got? I'm going to say Yankees, two out of three. The way the season has gone, the fact that they're missing DeGrom, they had a crappy April. They had a great May. They had a crappy June. They have 16 games wrapped around the All-Star break that are absolutely must win with the Astros, Red Sox, Rays, and Phillies. I'm going to say they sweep the Mets this weekend. Wow. I, I, I think without DeGrom going, I think they need to sweep the Mets out of the Bronx this weekend. I got the Mets winning two out of three, and it depends on one thing. Stroman, we don't know, right? Because bereavement list, he hasn't been throwing. But knowing him, he probably is throwing anyway. Like, is it going to be Pouty Stroman? Is it going to be Stroman who overdoes it, and especially in the Bronx, big stage? Taiwan Walker, I'm, I'm good with. I think he's going to compete very, very well. You're going to have probably Tyler McGill. 
didn't pitch poorly again gets the Braves that's not easy to do when you're facing the same team in your debut you're facing the same team back to back because they kind of you know they learn a little bit about you I don't know I don't know how McGill uh, do in the big stage that's the one that I think the Yankees will win handily but I like the other two where the Mets going to be able to compete and they've got to score runs man two runs or less is getting ridiculous Jacob DeGrom can't pitch every day Fourth of July Sunday at 7 p.m. game there might be fireworks going off mid-game so <laughs> the both teams are going to have to deal with mid-game fireworks and uh, if I lose I'm bringing if, if we're getting the scoreboard I'm bringing a sign that says I lost a bet on piece of paper I'm going to bring something that says it when I have to flash my Mets painted fingernails so so the Jumbotron knows that uh, I didn't do that uh, openly. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, amazing but true. We're on Mondays and Thursdays. Check out our show. Check out the Pinstripe Pod. Also Mondays and Thursdays. Both of our shows have had a cavalcade of star guests. So go back in the archives and check them out. Love working with all you guys and uh, excited to uh, go to the game Friday night, stuff our faces, and watch some baseball, hopefully uh, weather permitting. It's saying an 80% chance of rain right now. Hopefully that changes and they get it in. Amazing but true. Pinstripe Pod crossover. Follow Shearney, Chris Shearn, yes. Nelly, NY Nelly 43, Figgy at Figgy NY, and me at Jake Brown Radio. Thanks for tuning in. That'll say adios to episode 65, the Trevor May edition, who's been pitching well lately, of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Munguia, for producing this show. Show your boys some love on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice, positive review. Gracias, mis amigos. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday looking back at the Subway Series, and hopefully I don't lose that manicure bet and ahead to the Mets final homestand before the all-star break. Thanks for listening. Beat the Yankees. Let's go Mets.